We just won a significant victory for White Rock Chapel. This congregation has been here since 1884. Hi, I'm Stuart Shepard and this is First Liberty Live. We've been representing this congregation for quite some time now and we recently got some very good news. This is Don Wesson who bought the property with a real vision for the future of it and what you wanted to see here. Hi, Don. Hello. I should mention that Don is a nephrologist, a kidney doctor, and uh, he's still doing research. You're retired now otherwise, right? Retired from seeing patients, but still teaching students and doing research. And along the way, your research outside of all that brought you to this piece of property. Tell me first your reaction to the win that you're going to be able to meet here and, and bring your vision to life. Praise God was our, <laughs> our, our reactions. This has been a five-year battle to try to get uh, the town to approve us to be zoned as a church so we can begin carrying out the mission that we think that God has given to us. Yeah, and that means basically you were not allowed to even enter the building. The doors were locked. The city said you can't go in, you can't do any renovations, nothing, right? That is correct. Yeah, and what's your vision for this property? What would you like to see happen? Well, the vision is built on top of those who began this church in, in the beginning. Five families who had been enslaved in 1865, they agreed that they would work together to earn money to buy land for a church. And it would be part of the anchor of the freedmen's town where the formerly enslaved were living in this area. Yeah. And after 19 years, they gathered enough money to be able to purchase that land. And interestingly enough, they went back to one of the men who had enslaved them he agreed to sell them the land. And not only did he agree to sell them the land, he helped them to build a church. And even more fantastic, he and his, and his family attended church with those formerly enslaved folks for generations. Which made quite a statement, I mean, for the area here. I mean, that, that is a huge statement in action rather than just words. Absolutely. Imagine those folks coming together this, these disparate, in fact, even at odds populations coming together to build a church, to attend that church together, nobody but God can do that. And how did you come across this property? What, what piqued your interest in it? My son is involved in a business and church-related real estate. He came across this and said, Dad, I understand that there's this historic church that's gone into receivership and there are developers who are looking to purchase it and tear it down. I don't think we should let that happen. And so once I learned and my wife learned the story that he shared with us that I just shared with you, we thought that legacy has to continue. That, that history, that spiritual legacy of those, uh, the, the enslaved and formerly uh, enslaved and the enslavers coming together to, to, to form a church, that's a legacy that we have to continue to build upon. And to help people understand the fullness of the story, you're not a pastor. That's no, not, not your gig. No. You, you, you work many years as a doctor. Correct. So who will be the pastor? Do you have any idea? Well, we have uh, uh, um, an agreement for one of the associate pastors of the, uh, the church that we now attend in South Dallas, who, who has agreed to be our pastor of record going forward. Awesome. All right. Have there been meetings on this property in the meantime while all this battle has been going on? We've had town hall meetings with the neighborhood and neighbors to explain to them 
the vision that I've just articulated to you, this has been going on off and on for the last uh, three to four years. Uh, but it's been, uh, as I said, outside because we've not been allowed to uh, to meet inside. Yeah. And so that has been something that the town has asked us to do. Unfortunately, uh, most of the neighbors were not on board with that and they uh, constructed uh, 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 obstacles for us to be able to get that, that zoning. But uh, with the help of First Liberty, we were able to convince the town council to approve our uh, request to be zoned as a church, and they did that in late December. Let's talk a bit about this. When this property was first occupied, this was out in the country. Absolutely. There was no city of Addison at that point. Describe where it is now today. What's the neighborhood like around this place? This is a very high-end, wealthy uh, neighborhood that has grown up around this church, as you said. Originally, it was on the banks of the White Rock Creek. Uh, but because it flooded and in fact some families were washed away uh, in the early part of the century, huh. they moved the church to this higher ground in 1918 and the, the, uh, the church was built there. And so they, but even then, this was wide open area. There was no neighborhood. In fact, there's not even a government of, uh, of Addison. Yeah. And so when the government of Addison came about, uh, they said, well, since the church was here before the, the town government, we will grandfather you to continue to function as a church. However, when we purchased the, the, the property uh, five years ago, that's when they said, well, now you need to apply for zoning to function as a church. And then that's when the battle started. Yeah, let's talk about that battle. I've got our attorney, Jeremy Dice here. He's senior counsel with First Liberty Institute. Hey, Jeremy. Hey. Uh, tell me what First Liberty brought to this. What was our what was our plan of action to try to get him inside this building again? Well, it was just that. We wanted to get him back inside that building. Look, this is one of the only churches in the town of Addison, Texas at all. Uh, and for the neighbors to pitch a fit about its presence in their backyard, well, that's just not neighborly for one thing. But for the city of Addison to say, no, we're not going to allow you to use this as a church building. We're going to light up your permit application with all these requirements brighter than a Christmas tree. Uh, that, that put a huge burden on the free exercise of religion by this, this church. Uh, and we said, you know what, we're not going to allow that to happen. And so we got involved to say, uh, let's let's renegotiate. Let's look all over again at uh, the way we treat churches in this neighborhood and in this town. Uh, and thankfully, we were able to push that across the finish line in December. What was the effective, uh, the effective argument that you brought to this that convinced them, hey, we need to stop slow walking this. We need to let them move ahead. You know, honestly, I think it was that we just simply showed up. Uh, yeah. Don had been doing his level best as an individual and as a citizen, but sometimes you have to equalize the firepower. And the town of Addison had all the firepower on their side. Uh, those uh, around here, the neighbors had hired attorneys themselves to represent their interests before the town of Addison. Yeah. He was left by himself, him and his wife and his son, trying to navigate that entire process, which really is, is, is onerous at, at the end of the day. And so he got kind of pushed around. Well, we showed up and said, okay, let's start from zero one more time. How would you normally treat a church? Let's start there. Not, no more of these silly requirements about 
you know, how many people you can or can't have on a, on a, the, the head of a pin kind of a thing. We're going to actually say, what do you, what should you do for a regular church? None of these silly regulations that bordered on racism, quite frankly. Uh, we're going to say, how do you treat a normal church in your town? Let's start from there. Now, if there's other things that have to be negotiated, we'll think about that. Yeah. But let's start by treating this like what it is, a church that should be allowed to be here as it has been since the 1880s. How does it feel to win? Uh, it always feels good to win on these situations, but more important than just adding another stroke to our, our batting average on wins and losses, uh, helping people like Dr. Wesson and his family out is just the right thing to do. It, it feels fa fantastic to make sure that this church has been here for over a century, will be here going forward uh, as the Lord wills it to be here, going maybe another year, 100 years from now. Uh, my hope would be that now that we move past sort of the initial rancorous uh, give and take with the neighbors in the city these neighbors would come in here and 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 pitch in yeah. you know there's grass to be mowed mm -hmm. there's trees to be trimmed there's uh paint to be put on the walls inside i hope that this is a a beautiful story of reconciliation as the church started way Absolutely. back in the 1880s that this would involve the entire neighborhood coming together one more time for the important purpose of having a church within its own midst Often in the work that we do, Jeremy, with First Liberty, we talk about the fight, we talk about the argument, we talk about the disagreement and the things that have to be brought to it. But it's also important to realize that the, when First Liberty wins, there are things that get to happen after that. And Don, that's what I want to talk to you about now. What is your vision for this property? What would you like to see happen in the years to come? Well, I've keep talking about legacy, and for us, there are two legacies. There's the spiritual legacy that I described. Just imagine bringing together these disparate groups uh, in the spiritual context. And so we see this as a convening place where people of all stripes can come together under the, the spiritual umbrella to continue to, to function as a church and to uh, continue God's work in that way. Yeah. The second legacy is the historical one. I mean, just the, the, the story that I've just told, given what we see in, not just in the world, but in our country today in terms of folks being against each other, yeah. imagine that story being told across the nation about how these folks came together uh, 140 years ago to form a church, to attend a church together, and to build on that legacy going forward is the second uh, big legacy that we want to do. Uh, and that involves teaching the history. I was surprised to learn that most of the neighbors did not know this history. Huh. And so if the neighbors don't know when this church is sitting in their own backyard, then that means that there's an opportunity to teach more and more folks. And so we plan to teach uh, grade schoolers, high schoolers. Uh, we have a, a, um, a collaboration with University of North Texas uh, History Department. They've made us a part of their historical collaborative. So we want to have scholars come huh. and build on that history because the the, the church, uh, when it was started, was an anchor for the Freedman's Town that was here. They call it the Upper White Rock Freedman's Town. Yeah. And so we want to build on that history of how those formerly enslaved folks made lives, made communities in this area. And this church was the anchor to that community. 
People often wonder when I talk to them privately and aside what it's like being a client with First Liberty and going through one of these cases. Give it, give us your insider perspective on what it's like being a client with First Liberty. What's it like to work with us? It's been great. Um, first of all, it, it's it's wonderful to be able to align with people who have the same North Star, that being Christ. And then once we've recognized that, we were rolling on the same rails. Uh, and, and so that was really uh, quite rewarding uh, for us. And so the, the spiritual things that we had in mind, they were aligned with that. Even the historical uh, legacy that I've just talked about, they were in line with, with supporting that. And so as Jeremy said, they really brought some firepower to us in supporting those two uh, uh, legacies going forward that we didn't have before. And that made the difference uh, with the town because before the town was pretty much saying, look, in, in, in a word, look, we're the big dogs in town. We don't want this to happen and so it won't happen. But when First Liberty showed up, they brought in firepower where the town actually recognized that the law and the constitution <laughs> oh, <by> the way. <laughs> supported what we were trying to do. And then they got on board. In fact, it's interesting that uh, the council members who originally voted us down when First Liberty got on board in the, in the follow-up meeting, they voted in support. In fact, we had a unanimous vote from the, from the council in support of us. That's so awesome. Don, we are proud of you and we're thankful for the work that you're doing here. You're doing God's work and you are bringing light to a community in a way that otherwise would not be here. Thank you for doing what you do. do thank you for doing what you do. We're cheering for you and we're praying for you all along the way. Well, praise God how he uses broken vessels to do his work. All right. Thanks again. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Don. First Liberty is fighting for what matters most.